Hey everybody, this is Matilda Egeri-Cooper and you're listening to Financial Wellness, the podcast that explores what it means to thrive and live well. On today's episode, I'm exploring the wonderful yet complex world of motherhood with Toby Asari, author and founder of My Bumpay, an online platform to help women smash the glass ceiling with the baby on the way and beyond. Now, heads up, this is not a low-key pregnancy announcement, okay? (laughs) However, I do desire to become a mother one day, and I know that as someone who enjoys having a career, I'll be faced with the challenge of how to juggle it all while still pursuing my dreams and goals. Toby was faced with the exact same dilemma when she launched her platform while navigating her first maternity leave. But she discovered an opportunity to show women how to confidently create their own success as moms and moms-to-be. Today, she's on a mission to help women everywhere feel confident about their career, life goals, and motherhood. And in 2023, she'll be releasing her debut book, The Blend, which dives into these topics and more. In our chat, we discuss the reality of being a career mom, the motherhood penalty, and the ways women who aspire to motherhood can prepare for that unique chapter in their life. Hey, Toby, welcome to the Finesse Wellness Podcast. I'm so pleased that you can be on this episode. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I love the whole concept of, yeah, wellness and life. That's definitely me down to a T. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I've been following you for a minute and I suspect it might have been the style that caught my attention. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, you cute, cute girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you. But uh, I appreciate that you're also bringing a new face to motherhood, more so Black motherhood Mm. from a modern perspective. So I guess just to kick off our chat, I was curious to know, given your career aspirations, you know, you studied law, did you always want to be the career woman who had a family? Yes, I, I guess I did. That's that's all I had seen around me for my family and maybe kind of older aunties and older cousins I saw that they were very much you know trying to blend this life with a career and a family and I could see that probably to some extent I probably had a bit of an advantage to maybe the likes of my parents who had migrated here you know in their late 20s with children and trying to figure everything out and kind of start all over again so you know I had a great example and then I thought if they can do it and it was not easy Um, I can certainly give it my best shot. So yeah, it's definitely something I always wanted to have. And, you know, I've been blessed with two wonderful children. Oh, and what were your preconceptions of being a mom? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, So I come from a very big family, lots of cousins, lots of aunties. And I just thought, this is a breeze. I've got (laughs) kids all around me. Like, I know what to do. I know how to entertain them. And then you become a mum or I became a mum. And very quickly, I was like, I don't know what to do. Wow. Almost to the extent that it was kind of my mum moved in with us for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was amazing. She was making bottles. She was doing nappies. She was bathing the baby. She was bathing me. She was like doing everything, making sure we had food. And it kind of came towards the end of the two weeks. And she um, came into the living room. She's like, right, I'm going now. I was like, no, what do you mean? What do you mean you're going? You can't go. And I just literally just broke down because I was like, you literally can't go because I literally don't know what to do. So she stayed, I think, an extra night. And she's like, look, I've given you the foundations of everything you need to do. You can do it. And I'm only half an hour away. I'm only a phone call away. Um, but it just shows how my preconceptions were completely mm. off. <laughs> 
Yeah. And where were you sort of in life at the time? So when you had your first child, what were you sort of doing job wise? I was working um, in a kind of professional services firm within the financial services sector. So we were servicing clients that were largely hedge funds, private equity funds. And I was basically running the client service division. So anything around kind of growing accounts to helping to bring new accounts um, and actually covering the team that basically serviced all of our clients. It was a large team of almost up to 40 people. Wow. Um, So I had a lot of responsibility. I had gotten that responsibility relatively quickly and quite young in my age. Mm -hmm. I was kind of, I think I was probably mid to late 20s at the time right um my husband had a business we were living in southwest london so we were very much kind of living that you know couple professional Mm -hmm. life doing our thing enjoying life um and kind of really pressing on towards the individual and collective goals that we had and so when you got pregnant Mm. was that very much okay this is the time that we want to have a child and were there sort of considerations that you made beforehand or was it like oh I'm pregnant let's figure it out (laughs) yeah it was it was a bit of I knew I wanted to have a child um it felt like a good time to have a child there is no good time to have a child but it kind of felt like you know we've been married for a bit we're kind of settled business is kind of settled for my husband my career feels like I really know what I'm doing. I've got this yeah. team. I'm heading in this direction. I've got this ambition. Like I can really build things out. And it, it, it felt like a good time. However, I think when reality then set in quite quickly, I almost felt like, oh my goodness, I'm going to take some time out. I'm, I've never taken time out. I've not had a gap year. I've gone straight from university to yeah. law school to this job. Like it felt like I was very much like I had this rhythm and this momentum. So very quickly, I think the worry starts to set in about, am I going to lose all this momentum? Am I going to lose all the success capital? Are people going to remember what I was capable of? Am I going to remember what I was capable of? You know, how am I going to make this work? How are we going to do pick up? How are we going to do drop off? How is child kind of going to work out? You have all these questions and I certainly had all these questions. And I guess it was kind of the beginning of the journey that kind of set me down this path to maybe do something about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it felt like in some ways it was a good time as any, mm-hmm. but definitely had huge, huge questions as to how it was all going to work. Sure. And you mentioned on my bump pay, which we're going to dive into in your bio that you were the first in your office to go through the maternity process. Mm. And that was a steep learning curve. So can you kind of dive into that a little bit more? Yes, yes. Yes. So being the first um, in an office, you are in some ways, a bit of an experiment, a bit a of a test case. <laughs> you are the test case. You know, everyone's trying to figure out what does what does this look like? So things that were quite straightforward, like going to appointments, etc. That was relatively like easy, smooth. You know, you just go to your appointments and you kind of come yeah. back. But I think I guess things around kind of what role are you coming back to? Like mm. unknown because you don't know at that point that you're going off from maternity leave how much the business is or isn't going to change. Um, things around maternity pay, again, kind of unknown. I was pushing for more than statutory at the time, which is what the company offered at the time that I was pregnant. So I was able to actually get more than statutory and they kind of revised that policy. Um, in so a way just a quick one on that though. Mm. So statutory in of itself, is it the bare minimum? Or it's 
maternity allowance if you want to get technical maternity okay. allowance is the bare minimum but statutory is the I guess the common minimum everyone okay. has some element of statutory so typically what a company would do most companies will top it up so you get enhanced maternity pay so they'll top it up so maybe you get for example three or four months full pay so okay. statutory if, is effectively for six weeks you get 90 percent of your average salary for six weeks for six weeks Hmm. and then for the remainder week so from week seven to week 39 roughly you get the equivalent of statutory pays and it changes every year I think at the off the top of my head I can't remember exactly what it is but it's it's about 151 pounds a week Hmm. (laughs) okay and if you live in London and you have a rent or a mortgage (laughs) <laughs> wow it's not and you're money. also contributing to the household income exactly exactly it's mm. not like you know most most partnerships you know you are contributing you're both contributing to something it's very rare that you're kind of if two of you are working it's very rare that you're relying just on one salary to kind of mm-hmm. get by you know you need those two salaries so it was some um, some interesting mathematical calculations that we had to do <laughs> but yeah but luckily we were able to work something out where I was able to get enhanced maternity by the time that I had my child so yeah, that was definitely interesting. And I guess, you know, things around, you know, what does the return look like, mm. um, you know, was was different and was difficult. And it was very much, you know, figuring out as we were going along. So I learned a lot. Um, and again, it led me to lots of questions of which I was doing lots of research, talking to people, talking to friends. Um, and again, just kind of really prompted me to, you know, maybe I could do something about this. Maybe I could talk about this a bit more. Yeah. And, you know, I, I work, in a corporate company and you know I manage teams where mm. I have many mothers and you know they'll kind of talk about these various things very much like oh you know when I go away team dynamic is the business going to change you know and mm. I kind of you know definitely can almost sympathize just from a kind of woman to woman perspective but equally it's almost like because I am not on the side of the business but equally I'm conscious of like mm, okay you're going away. We need to yeah. <laughs> sort yeah. this out. Figure that out. Um, you've got clients, you know, mm-hmm. you've got all sorts of obligations that you need to fulfill as a leader. So yeah, exactly. exactly. But generally I'd say we have a culture where, you know, we'll figure it out. Do you feel that sometimes in corporate companies, there's almost that stereotype around if there's a woman who's, you know, quite senior um, in her role and she becomes pregnant, it's an immediate like, uh-oh, Mm. she's still an asset you know what I mean like is that still so it's interesting I think um we work in this a similar similar industry and I believe you guys have got a female CEO is that yeah 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 yes yeah yeah because I think I've had her talk on a couple of podcasts and likewise I work for a female CEO so Mm. I come from a really positive perspective and that we are seeing female leaders rise to the top who are either empathetic or have been in that situation themselves so I do think in certain sectors where we are seeing you know the the trajectory of more females rise to the top things are definitely changing and I think it's really interesting um so I've actually written a book, which is really cool, which is yes, coming out in we're March. Yes, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, and one of the people that I interview in this book is a senior female leader, and she's had four children. Ooh, all and right. her, I know, right? She's killing it. And her perspective, which I definitely agree with, is that actually maternity leave can be a real opportunity for, you know, your pipeline. Because if somebody's stepping out for maternity leave, you then need to 
get somebody in to cover that role and that responsibility, yeah. those obligations that the business has to deliver to its clients or to its um, stakeholders. And actually, that's an opportunity to maybe put somebody in the role who maybe wouldn't have been in the role other, otherwise. They get upskilled and they, and through them being upskilled, you know, when that person returns, that person that's then has covered has had an opportunity to take on something new take on something different and they also become an asset yeah. to the business and that woman also coming back also is an asset to the business especially if you've engendered loyalty especially if you've kept mm. in touch and especially if you know you understand what that woman's goals and aspirations are and often I think you'll find that a lot of women who come back who have had a really good experience feel right right I'm here, I'm back, I'm grateful for this time off. I really want to come back and deliver for this organization, but also yeah. deliver for myself because now I've got a whole new set of responsibilities, a whole new mouth to feed. Mm. Um, so I, I look at it quite positively, but I think I'm quite biased and we're probably quite lucky where we're in mm. organizations where those things are probably encouraged quite positively and you've got female leaders. It's not the case for everybody um I think there's lots of assumptions that are made sadly to the detriment of these organizations that somebody stepping out for parental leave is a headache Mm. and I now I know I know it's you know lots of logistics I know it's lots of things to think about I know it's lots of planning but however you can also see it as an opportunity um yeah yeah. so that's how that's how I see it so now looking at this amazing platform that you've created. I'm curious to know, how did you first connect with other moms who were kind of experienced the kind of same Mm. sort of challenges? So I was in this bizarre situation that when I was pregnant with my first son, there were lots of friends who were pregnant with their um, first or maybe second at at the time. And I've got a wonderful friend and she is such a brilliant connector of people and she came up with this idea she just put us all in a in a whatsapp group so she had friends of friends of friends um and we all kind of came into this whatsapp group together so there were lots of us and I guess all of my questions I would just ask to this group and soundboard to them and kind of get their viewpoints and we would discuss you know how long are you taking how much money are you kind of getting in terms of months paid Mm -hmm. how are you going to figure out have you started to think about childcare? is your husband taking any time off like all of these questions like basically how are you going to do it we're all Mm -hmm. winging it how are you going to do it together um so I guess that conversation just felt like it was a very natural conversation that lots of different people women partners were were having um and I just sat back and felt like being the first person I kind of felt like well imagine if I had all of the answers to these questions that we're all answering at my fingertips yeah this journey would be so much smoother I'd feel more empowered in the in the journey and I'd feel more confident about the steps that I'm about to take kind of embarking on a slightly different um career pause if you like or pause or break I don't know what the right word to to say it is so that yeah those are the kind of thoughts that were coming to my mind imagine if we could equip women and men with all the Mm -hmm. information that they need and then they can therefore take the bits of information that are relevant to them and kind of 
use them to fuel and power their own personal journey. Imagine that we'd have we'd have an army of women that were kind of going off on maternity leave, feeling a bit more in control, feeling less lost, feeling mm. like they can have the right conversations, feeling like they can talk about their goals unashamedly because they've got the confidence and the know-how and the knowledge to do so. Also feeling like they can plan their finances a little bit better because they've got more information to know how to plan their finances um, around parental leave. Um, so yeah, these are all these questions that came to mind. So I just thought, I'm just going to give it a try. And it actually started with a survey. So just going out and surveying friends of friends of friends of friends, just to understand, you know, what was on their minds, what could potentially help in this area. And then I just gave it a go. Nice. And what have been like your most popular articles and topics? It's a good question. I ask myself this all the time, especially as you try and make content. You're like, what's going to help people? What's going to resonate? Um, I tend to find the topics where I talk quite honestly about things. So it could be, um, there is a post, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's almost truths of working motherhood that we don't talk about enough. Um, so those types of topics tend to be really popular as mm-hmm. well as things around finances and people love the fashion I love the fashion too <laughs> <laughs> so I find it not always easy to weave it in because I feel like with fashion I'm always running around I don't have time to kind of sit and create fashion content but um, you know we'll take pictures of, of it but yeah people love that as well oh nice one and how I suppose can people almost connect with the community because you said you had this amazing whatsapp group and i think that's like note to self matilda when you (laughs) are walking down this path make Mm, sure you find people because community is so important definitely yeah community is absolutely everything on this journey right from the the minute you think you might want to kind of go down that road of of having a baby talk about it to people Mm -hmm. understand the different experiences um understand you know what your choices and your options are. As anyone we talk to people, we start to understand we've got a plethora of choices and options and experiences and learnings that we can kind of take and embed as we see fit into our own journey. Um, so I've, I've tried different ways to try and really get a, get the community grow, going. I've tried Facebook groups. They're difficult. <laughs> oh, yeah. you've, got to, yeah. you've got to really engage constantly. So I found Instagram really to be the best way to nice. engage and kind of bring the community together and newsletters and masterclasses, which I do as often as I can. And they're brilliant because they're often a small group of 30 to 40 women. Love that. Um, and we kind of go through this content at the end. And also during the masterclasses, we kind of set exercises and really understand how people are feeling we encourage people we empower people with other people's stories but also at the end we have q a um and it's quite an honest q a and i think lots of women learn through the questions that others have mm-hmm. as well so i love it i just think really special things happen when women come together no matter what yes. they're doing i think when women come together with with a defined purpose really amazing things happen yeah, 100%. And and that's certainly what I've found with Fly Girl mm-hmm. Collective, even though, you know, we very much started with this running focus, you know, we've now kind of segued into wellness, but we're still kind of finding so much kind of benefit being together whenever we can. Yeah, it's so healing, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. It's healing, it's fun. It's supportive, it's nurturing, you know, it's it's brilliant what you're doing. I love it. Thank you. So I wanted to kind of unpack this idea of the motherhood 
penalty. Mm. I mean, it's a phrase that I haven't been familiar with and I can guess what it might mean. But yeah, what exactly is it? It's this horrible idea. And I say horrible idea. It's a reality for, for many, many women that as soon as you embark on that journey to motherhood, you're earning potential and your career trajectory is diminished or or different and I think you know there's stats that saying you know the motherhood penalty has an impact of up to 45 percent on a woman's salary for various reasons um and the sad fact is that with the gender pay gap women are already on average starting behind men in terms of salary for the same position on average and then you apply on motherhood on top of that and then you tend to find that impacts women in terms of earnings potentially because they're going back um maybe part-time maybe they're going back into a slightly different role because they feel they want to try and blend the right role into the childcare responsibilities that they that they do have and then I think something that is really fascinating and I, I think needs to be explored a little bit more is this confidence gap that then links to the motherhood Hmm. idea I think confidence is a really interesting and fragile topic around motherhood because there's lots of data to actually say that there is a confidence dip roughly for about two years after having a child and I think what that confidence dip does it then means that you potentially don't ask for the salary that you actually deserve it means you potentially don't negotiate it means you potentially don't go for roles that you're actually on paper probably overqualified for but maybe because of a dip in confidence you potentially hold yourself back um and that's i believe what my bump pay is there to absolutely reverse it's there mm-hmm. to empower you and show you that actually your career trajectory can keep going on yes you have to be a bit more strategic about it but actually you can ask for the money that you deserve because you're skilled and you've got your achievements to back that up and so yeah that confidence gap i think does link to the motherhood penalty but yeah i love the idea of hopefully empowering women and men to see it differently that irrespective of having children and irrespective of your family growing that you can absolutely still go out there and and achieve your goals and your life Mm. ambitions and what have been the tools and the tactics that have helped you kind of navigate this because obviously you're, you're speaking from experience and you know I see your content it's like okay she's she's done it she's made it you know how how did you get there it's such a good question. And I, I don't think I've made it quite yet. Mm. Um, I look back at my achievements and I'm wildly proud of myself. Um, but I still I still struggle in some areas. I still, like imposter syndrome is just one of those ugly things that I hate that I definitely battle with from time to time. Um, but I think the things that have helped me have been seeking people out on my journey who I can either aspire to or mm-hmm. learn from quite proactively um, and sometimes just going for opportunities. So I was in a completely different sector to where I work now when I had my two children and I, I just had this burning feeling that I could do more I could take on a greater challenge I could Mm. take more risk I could really push myself and it was hard but it was just kind of just just close your eyes and just and just do it and lots of that comes from speaking to different people that have taken risks have taken those leaps and those people kind of empowering me to say like right you can absolutely do it so that's been a big part of my journey my husband's a big part of that journey very often (laughs) 
on a regular basis he's giving me pep talks he's like you can do more than this you can take on more you can take on that challenge you can go for it you're more than capable and moving into a new sector it's definitely been challenging (laughs) but I have sought out mentors and sometimes I've paid for mentorship schemes or you know just surround myself with people that have maybe walked the road that I would like to travel and understand how can I best travel that road but also I think just lean into opportunities I think visibility is so important as a as a woman as a mother and I think it's really important that within your organizations you're really building good relationships solid relationships you're building your own personal brand of what you want to be known for um and you're taking those opportunities that kind of align to your personal brand and hopefully your skill set and your strengths yeah that that I mean that's great advice because I think it's so easy, as you said, for women to kind of underestimate their potential or, you know, feel just lack that confidence in in some areas, whereas, you know, it's all there and it almost just means taking that step and just being courageous, I suppose, and Mm. kind of just going for it. Yeah. And I think especially as, as a black woman, I think it's, it's, visibility is interesting right because often sometimes visibility means that you are hyper visible in spaces where you potentially don't see many faces like you and that can feel really daunting you you might feel like do I belong can I be here but I would say that you absolutely if you if you feel othered or you may be a slight minority in any circumstance I think that's also your opportunity to shine that's your opportunity to use it as a strength that's your opportunity to stand up for the most positive reasons so it's hard but I do encourage anyone who feels like maybe you know they're in a setting where not many people look like them or feel like them that actually you can lean into that as a real strength as a and a a real opportunity and and still try to be visible I know it can be hard because sometimes being visible means that you maybe might have to go to a pub you don't feel like going to the pub (laughs) might mean you may want to maybe try and go on the ski trip but you don't feel like going on the ski trip mm-hmm. um and building those relationships but it has definitely massively helped me in my career although it has definitely not always been easy yeah I bet and I, I know those experiences play a significant part in your book which is coming mm. out next spring so did you always have a book in mind did you think one day I'm going to be an author it's so interesting the very very first podcast I ever went on was a podcast with a friend of mine and I need I'm trying to listen to it back I've uh, I've tried I need to kind of keep going and apparently in that podcast I said I would love to write a book one day I completely forgot about this and so much so when I got approached about this book from my now editor the subject line is have you ever thought about writing a book and I was like, absolutely no way. There is, just no, there is just no way I can write this book. I am uh, I work in a media agency. I head up new business um, and marketing and PR. So there's a lot of pitching. Yeah. And we were in the biggest private sector pitch <laughs> that year at the time that this email came. And I was like, there's absolutely no way. I've got two kids. I've got a very full-time job. It's, it's just not going to happen. But then I was like, do you know what, Toby, you always give it a go. Mm. And I spoke to a few other people. Uh, I spoke to a brilliant woman, um, actually, DJ Ayodele. She's the author of Black Skin. Yes. She was actually the first person I told. I don't even think I told my husband at that point. <laughs> um, I was like, DJ, help me. And we had a conversation and she get, she just gave me the, the bare bones truth of it all mm-hmm. and allowed me to kind of make my own decision based on the facts and her own experience. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? 
I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> and that's how I started. So yeah, maybe my subconscious, something was telling me that, yes, I maybe wanted to write my ex- down these experiences um, in a way that I could elaborate and could reach more people. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to do more with the platform. And yeah, things just aligned in such a beautiful way that allowed me to do so. So I'm really, really, really excited about it. Oh, me too, actually. I'm like, I said, preparation is key. So let's <laughs> go get these insights. Um, and I suppose what's the one chapter, theme or topic that people will be quite intrigued by when they check out the book? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm reading through the proofs at the moment and I'm like, I love it all. <laughs> um, probably the chapter that probably has a point of difference, I would say, that stands out is the chapter I can't remember exactly what chapter it is which is really naughty of me but we talked to a couple who have basically done shared parental leave three times okay and the fact that we hear the male perspective of his experience of taking a career break or taking parental leave and having done it three times is so 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 powerful and I feel like every man needs to read that chapter and every couple and every woman needs to read that chapter because I think like you say we have to do things in community and you can't do things by yourself and I think there's exactly the same for our careers and parenthood as we're trying to blend the two and I appreciate that lots of people kind of go down the single parenthood route not necessarily by choice and sometimes by choice but even then I still think you have to do it in community and sometimes that community is paid for community that, mm. and that's absolutely fine so I think what that chapter on that extract really highlights is the power of not doing it alone mm-hmm. the power of it not just being on the woman the power of actually that career conversation being a joint conversation and raising a child being a real joint effort and being a real team effort um, and also the benefits that the the other partner can take from spending time with that child and I think the more that we normalize things like that the more we'll see a reduction in the things like the, the motherhood penalty the more we'll see a reduction in things like the gender pay gap and the more we'll see the, the reduction in things like the confidence gap as well um, so I think it's a really 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 powerful story but there's so many amazing stories like I said we kind of speak to this woman who has um, a very senior leader in, in the business that she works for and she has four kids and she's got a beautiful experience of raising these four children um, of also loss as well mm. pregnancy loss on her journey and we, we speak about that actually quite a bit in the book so there's at least three people that touch on pregnancy loss and fertility journey in the book so I think that's really important you know one's journey to motherhood is never linear um, and so it's really important to recognize that and highlight that and tell those stories as well. Yeah, really important. And actually, the note about parental leave is quite revolutionary to me because I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> like, I didn't know that even yes. existed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's it's a wonderful thing. And you're right. It, so many people don't know it, it exists. The, the take up of shared parental leave is really low. It's about 2%. Wow. Um, so it's great to raise awareness to it. And we talk about fashion as well. I managed mm. to get that <laughs> in the book. So yeah, I love that I've been able to explore all these different areas that kind of link to parenthood and link to motherhood and life um, as well. So I'm really, really excited for people to get their hands on it and hopefully find it helpful and use it as a tool to help them navigate this crazy, beautiful journey. 
Mm, and thank you for saying yes. You're <laughs> right. Like, oh, I think, you know, when these opportunities kind of come up, it is so easy to be like, mm, maybe not now. And yeah, mm. but thank you for kind of, you know, taking the gauntlet and, and running with it. Thank you. And so now I want to talk about wellness. And I'm really yes. curious to know what your wellness journey has been. Because if I remember correctly, you're on Peloton. I am. Yeah. I and am. when I signed up, I'll be <laughs> briefly. I was like, oh, I found a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am there, front and center. My my wellness journey, I love I love this. It's not something I get to talk about very often. Um, but as a child, I was there in the garden pretending my garden was a hundred meters long. It wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but pretending my garden was a hundred meters long and like running for my life. And then after I'd like do my hundred meter sprint in my head. I would then pick up a tennis racket and we had like a, a garage or a shed in the back of our garden. I'd pick up my tennis racket thinking I was Serena and Aww. thinking I had an opponent on the other side of the garage and I didn't. And I'd, you know, whack that ball back and forth and back and forth. And then I'd get on my bike and then I'd cycle in my head. I'd cycle to gymnastics and then I'd do a gymnastics oh. routine in the garden. You were <laughs> and active. This, I was active. This is what my sister and I would do for hours oh. outside. Um, so I guess kind of movement has always been a part of my life and something I massively enjoyed. So um, at a young age, my mum signed us up to do athletics um so I did that for quite a while and then ran for my county oh then okay. I then I yeah yeah then I got a bit studious and kind of like GCSEs and A-level setting um and so I kind of really focused on my on my studies at the time and then kind of paused and then went to uni and had a lot of fun and uh, yeah kind of kind of paused on it <laughs> but then I came back from uni and I just fell in love with it all over again like going to the gym with friends, um, going to spin classes, which I absolutely, hence my love for Peloton, I yeah. absolutely love. For me, it's that combination of dance, feel good Basically. and exercise. Um, I love, I love the weights. I just love to get underneath like a heavy squat rack and like <laughs> just go for it. And before kids, I was obsessed with cycle so much so and everyone hates me for this everyone that came hates me for this that my sister organized a private spinning class hey, in the cycle Mortimer. studios in, <laughs> in Mortimer Street just for me for my um for my Hindu it was incredible all my favorite Beyonce songs all my favorite people who hated me <laughs> for making them do this all my favorite people in one room like just going for it uh, it was it was amazing. So I used to do a lot of spin um, in studios before I had kids, and then now I've got kids, and I live a bit further out, so I have I have the peloton instead. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. I'm a bit sad because I've just broken my streak because oh. I had to travel for work. Okay. So I'm a bit sad that I've broken my uh, several weeks consecutive of peloton <laughs> workouts. Yeah. Oh, I love that, and I suppose the it's brilliant that you have this active lifestyle and you've been able to maintain it how do you find I suppose the moments of calm and self-care oh it's hard okay I find it really hard being really honest I find it really hard to sit still same <laughs> to be fair <laughs> I find it really 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 hard to sit still like we in our organization we have brilliant kind of um wellness days where you know the whole company shuts down and nobody works and it's additional to your mm -hmm. um, annual leave. And I just find it really hard. I end up doing bits here and there, and then maybe going to the gym, maybe coming back, maybe doing a couple of emails. Um, so I find it hard 
but maybe my self-care journey is slightly different to everyone because I feel sometimes recharged from spending time with people, spending time with family, spending time with friends. Um, but I probably do need to but that is self-care, find a way to, be to slow fair, down. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it is self-care. Yeah. It is self-care. And I, I like shopping, but that's also very dangerous self-care. <laughs> like we've got a cost of living crisis, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our midst and that can't be self-care anymore. Um, okay. So... Yeah, I find it hard to slow down. I do recognise that I probably at times need to, but I definitely, I I struggle with, I think I get FOMO in some, Mm. yeah, some way, shape or form. No, I hear that. And so what advice would you kind of give to women to ensure that they are still kind of prioritising wellness, whatever that might look like? Yeah, it's a really good point. I think it's so important. I think it's vital. I actually talk about it a little bit in the book of understanding where you draw your strength from and using that to create your boundaries to give you time for yourself because it's so important um so for me it it is waking up early before my house wakes up and getting on the bike but I think the advice I would give to people is don't wait for the perfect conditions to take time for yourself so for example I wake up whatever I'm wearing (laughs) I get on that bike it doesn't matter I could be wearing a a night slip and I'm I'm still on my headscarf and I still get on that bike Mm. so I think yeah don't wait for the perfect conditions to create time and space for yourself because for example your children might not ever sleep perfectly Mm. and that doesn't that's not an excuse for you to not take time for you for yourself just go for it like nothing will happen to your kids Nothing will happen to your job if you take 10 minutes to go for a 10 minute walk around the block. Mm -hmm. You know, your friends will understand if you have to turn them down for going to the cinema because you're exhausted. Um, So, yeah, don't wait for the perfect conditions to create space for yourself. Nice one. And finally, for women who aren't mothers or just people in general, what should we know so that we can almost be more supportive of mothers because I think when I do talk to mothers, whether it's my sister-in-law or my really close friends, I'm like, yeah, we do not have a clue. And (laughs) we could be probably more empathetic because I suppose, you know, we get like Mother's Day and International Women's Day, but I don't think we understand what's happening on the front line. Yeah, it's it's such a good point in a sense that it's really hard to know what's happening unless you're in those shoes we've all walked through those life experiences right where we don't know what we don't know until we get into that situation so I think one can't be too hard on themselves because it's really hard to know exactly what it's like until you get into those shoes but I think the biggest thing that one can do is you have people who are mothers or parents around you is just take time to find out how they really are Mm. and probe in the nicest way that you possibly can it's like, no, how are you really? How are you actually coping with that? How do you feel about that? What's important to you about that? What do you want me to know about how you feel at that, that particular situation? And it could be positive and that's great. And that's a learning experience. And you guys can really celebrate that thing together. Or it could be that there's an element that actually they just need an outlet for, or they just need to talk to somebody. They just need a, a listening ear. And to listen, you don't really need to understand. You mm-hmm. just need to be engaged and willing so I think that's the the biggest piece of advice I think it's it's listening but also you know 
I think there's two sides to every relationship or friendship. And I think it's just creating environments where people can come together and listen to each other and hear experiences of, of, of each other. Cause everyone's, everyone's got life. Adulting yeah. is hard. Um, and so yeah, I just think listening and being supportive and taking time to hear what they want to say, um, but also keeping them connected into a, a community, mm-hmm. I think is really important. So just because somebody has kids doesn't mean, you know, they don't want to get down on that dance floor. It's just asking, it's just asking them, you know, can you, are you able to, do you want to? And if they can't, they can't. And if they, if they want to, it's like, amazing. I've been asked, like, fantastic. Let's do this. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just all about listening and listening in community. Nice. Oh, thank you. I feel so schooled right now. <laughs> I, like I hope in a good way. In a great way. Like, it's just, again, been an eye opener and I definitely look forward to the book just to kind of um, dig into this further but where can people kind of find you follow you and just you know yeah just absorb more of your wisdom oh thank you I think hopefully there's lots of amazing wisdom in in the book which is called The Blend Um, and so you can find it on Amazon if you put in The Blend and and my name Um, and so that's available to pre-order now and it's amazing because when you pre-order you get the lowest price um, for the book Um, but also on Instagram which is my bump pay and um, we've got a website which is www.mybumppay.com but Instagram is probably where it's at and, and the book next year as well we'll hopefully have lots and lots of nuggets of wisdom awesome thank you so much for your time oh thank you so much it's been a lovely lovely conversation thank you for having me Toby is so wonderful and I'm thankful that she's made it her mission to help women like her, their partners, and even just friends of moms to gain a much better understanding of the realities of working motherhood. So here are my top three takeaways. Number one, if you're a mom, there are ways to navigate motherhood that can really work in your favor. To the moms and moms to be out there listening, learn about your rights and opportunities available to you in your workplace by asking the questions and also doing the maths. Number two, for those of us who have friends who are mothers, let's always remember to be there for them. There are still people who want to be in the mix, and it's so important that we make them feel seen and heard in whatever way we can. We don't have to wait for Mother's Day or International Women's Day or birthdays to hold space for our mother friends. And finally, number three, if you decide to become a mother as a career woman, you are truly not alone. And there is a community of like-minded women that you can find in spaces like Toby's My Bump Pay platform or even among your own community and friendship groups. So that's a wrap for this episode of Finesse Your Wellness brought to you by Fly Girl Collective, a space for black women and women of color who want to level up their wellness and lifestyle. You can follow Fly Girl Collective on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook or sign up to our mailing list at flygirlcollective.co for lovely tips, goodies and invites delivered straight to your inbox. Also, if you've loved what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes. And if you're kind enough to give us five stars, we'll give you a shout out. Much love to you all. Catch you on the next episode.